Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. This episode is based specifically for recent widows who need some financial guidance. And this episode is also based on feedback from a lot of folks that have been listening graciously to my podcast. Did you know that half of all women who become widowed in the U.S. are under 59 years old? And with an average female life expectancy of 79 in the U.S., that means that widows are going to have two decades of having to manage their own finances. That could be daunting for some folks. Very, very daunting, especially if they've not managed their finances before. I'm going to give some tips specifically for widows as they're seeking out some financial advisors or financial planners. I'm also going to give some extra information on how to do some background checking. I may have mentioned some of this information in a previous podcast, but I think it's very clear and distinct to offer it here. So when you're looking for a financial professional, I would recommend looking for someone who is a fiduciary. Specifically, a fiduciary is someone that puts the needs of their clients above their own. And I'll take that a step further. I would recommend working with the certified financial planner. They're held to a very, very high standard and they were all fiduciaries. And in regards to some ideas uh, about doing some background checking on the advisor, you can also do background checking on the firm that you're particularly looking to work with. So one of the sites, it's called Broker Check dot FINRA and FINRA is spelled F-I-N-R-A dot org. So it's brokercheck dot FINRA dot org. So you can simply just log in or put in the information. You don't have to log in, but you can just put in the information of the individual you're looking to work with and you will be surprised. You'll get a complete background of any licenses, any security licenses specifically that that individual holds or has held. The firms that they have worked with And if there have been any negative remarks officially against that advisor, uh, if there's any suits or anything that the advisor has done unsavory and has been penalized for it. Also, an extension of that is another where you can check the information of an advisor through the SEC. So the Securities and Exchange Commission. This website is at advisor, A-D-V-I-S-E-R-Info dot S-E-C dot gov. And again, it's advisorinfo.sec.gov. That will give you all some additional information in regards to the advisor that you're seeking out. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I would recommend working with a certified financial planner. And through that, you know a certified financial planner is already a fiduciary. So you can check out your CFP at cfp.net and it'll give you a lot of information for that individual. 
I'm going to go another step forward when you're looking for a individual and individual to work with. Like I said before, I would look for a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. I would also look for someone that is a CEFT. That is a Certified Financial Transitionist. This is someone who specializes in working with clients who are specifically in transition. And I'm going to give you one kind of fact that a C-E-F-T can do on the front end. And this is a very, very small fact, but there's a lot of stuff that the C-E-F-T does. They will perform what you would call communication preferences. So in my dealings with any widows or anyone in grief in particular, it's important for me to understand how they like to be communicated to and how they like to communicate to me. And I also know that folks in grief have a brain freeze for a period of time. And it is important for me to understand how I react to a client if they have a brain freeze after kind of their initial shock and awe period. And how do I react? Do I leave them alone? Do I try to continuously contact them? It's not guesswork. It's something that my clients tell me very specifically. And also, it talks about how involved, you know, your client wants to be in the process. Do they want you to just give them all the information and they make the decision? Do they want you to hold their hand? Do they want to see charts and graphs? Do they prefer Zoom meetings? Do they prefer in-person meetings? Do they prefer conference calls? Do they like email? Or, you know, any of uh, any of that uh, information is very, very important. And again, that's a very, very small piece, but it's a formalized process. And again, I am a CEFT and I am also a CFP. Again, a CFP is a certified financial planner and a CEFP. EFT is a certified financial transitionist, both of which you will have had studied probably about a year or longer, and you've had to done significant coursework, and then you will have had to have taken, in my case, the CFP was a 10-hour exam, and the CEFT, I believe it was a six-hour exam. So it's very specific, and the folks that do either and both are highly credentialed and highly specialized at what they do. Did you know that also, and I knew this fact a long time ago, 80% of widows switch advisors within the first year of a husband's death. And why does that happen? Often, the advisor is working with the husband and doesn't engage the wife. And I'm going to give you an example of that and how I attempted to avoid that early in my career. So I knew this fact early when I started in my career, and I always made it a point to, and I'll even say this on record, to kind of slight the husband in favor of the wife, because I knew that the wives often get slighted, you know, when they're um, talking to an advisor. And I'm talking just mechanics. When you're in a meeting, the advisor only looks at the husband and only asks questions of the advisor. So one of the first meetings I was in with a husband and wife, and clearly I got this information and this fact that women were often ignored. So in the meeting, I addressed the wife first. And then I addressed the husband second to kind of put my game face on. And I 
paid more attention to the wife and asked her more questions. Unbeknownst to me, the wife was really the person that handled the finances. And I didn't know that before I met them. And it just, it really worked out. And I developed a great working relationship with this wife. And when we ended that meeting, the wife uh, went to the restroom and the husband and I were talking in the hallway. We were, I think, on the eighth floor. And the husband said, hey, Chris, man, I really appreciate you taking the lead with my wife and really engaging her in the conversation. And he said, I can't tell you how many times that people ignore my wife. And she's the one that is running the household and she's the really one that makes most all of the decisions and it's not me. And he said, I really appreciate that. And he said, you know what? We are probably going to be friends for life, you know, beyond clients. And that meant a lot to me and it meant I was doing the right thing. And I have continued to do that with other husband and wife couples. There are times when I'm working with a husband and wife and I just get a sense that, you know, the wife is either being quiet during the meeting or she's got something else going on. And I'll call the wife, you know, after the meeting or I'll send her a message and I'll just say, hey, I just kind of noticed that, you know, you may not have been engaged as much. You might have had something on your mind. I just want to give you the opportunity to speak your mind freely without your husband there and see if there's anything or any questions that I can answer for you. And I found that that practice is very, very powerful because sometimes um, when I've been working with a husband and wife, the husband just dominates the conversation and doesn't give the wife an opportunity to speak. And the wife just kind of glazes over and is just like ready to get out of there. But when I give them the wives an opportunity to speak, I couldn't tell you how much information I get from them. And they're like, really, I really appreciate you, Chris. And I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity. And there are a lot of times that they come up with, well, I had a question about uh, this investment, or I have a question about that investment, or I have a question about, you know, the long-term look on, you know, our out, our life. I have a question about, you know, our estate plan. If something happens to my husband, you know, where do I go? A lot of questions like that, that, you know, I answer and I give the wife full ample opportunity to feel comfortable. And again, that's through my personal experience and through also through my uh, professional experience as well. So I never want, whether it's a husband or a wife, I never want them to leave me because they felt neglected during the course of a relationship. So I always try to include everybody equally. So, and then, like I said, through my communication preferences, there's a husband and wife couple that uh, the wife has told me, don't involve me in the day-to-day stuff. Just involve me when there are big decisions. You know, let me know if there's anything that is squirrely kind of going on in the world or if you need to check in with me. But I'm very confident that you and my husband are working out the details. And I'll, you know, I'll pull her in, you know, time to time. Like I said, I will call her kind of off the cuff or send her a note and say, hey, I'm just checking in. Just wanted to let you know that this is going on or that's going on and kind of get your thoughts independent of the husband. So um, really work hard on the relationships, you know, with my clients. I would also be sure to ask how an advisor earns their money. And I would say that it should be alarming if the advisor is unwilling or reluctant to discuss how they are compensated. I'm an advocate of fee-only financial planners. 
So if you are working with a financial planner and they are working off a fee only structure, not a commission, not anything that they can sell you. So typically in a situation where I'm working with a client, I charge them a set fee, whether the set fee is on investments that I'm managing and the fee is exactly the same. The fee for that client does not change based on any commission structure. It is a set fee from the beginning of the relationship. I don't do anything in regards to commissions. And very specifically, kind of back in the day, if you were to sell a client an insurance policy as an advisor, you could earn a commission off of that. Well, I don't do that. And I don't want a a client to ever feel like I am just trying to quote unquote sell them to make an extra dollar. And for my clients, it doesn't matter, you know, if we help them with an insurance policy that they need based on their financial plan, or, you know, we're looking to help hone their investments or whatever, you know, guidance they need financially, their fee is a set fee and there's no commission structure. And that makes, you know, the advisor very, very honest in regards to how they're working, you know, with their clients. And I'm not saying folks that earn commission, there's anything wrong, bad or indifferent about those folks, but that's kind of how the industry has kind of changed you know, over the years. And, you know, there's always one bad apple and it makes a bad name for a lot of other people. So again, I'm not saying that uh, commission structure is bad. My practice is just very specific on using fee only financial planning. And then I would always say to an individual, always feel comfortable asking questions. Make sure that you're comfortable. Don't go away saying, well, I should have asked this question or be in a situation if you did go away and there was a question that you should have asked and didn't ask, call them back or send them an email saying, I have another question. And then the other thing, too, that I recommend for you know recent widows or anyone facing recent grief is to be able to bounce ideas and things off of an independent party. What I always say to my recent widows, feel free. You can bring a friend or family member with you that you're very, very comfortable with. I have no problem with that. And I feel it makes them more comfortable. I may get a lot more questions, which is by all means fine, but I want them to feel very, very confident uh, in their decision to work with me. And it just, it, it lets their guard down. So I find that it goes a long way. And typically what I find after kind of the first meeting or the second meeting where I meet with a client and they bring a trusted friend or family member, that family member doesn't necessarily attend anymore. So it's really, they're trying to screen me to make sure I'm legit and you know what I do. And I give clients, anytime that I meet with a a first time client, I give them those ways that I spoke before about how to do background checking on me. Again, I want to be completely transparent in what I do for folks. I don't want to have anything hidden and uh, I like what I do. So it's fun for me and I like seeing the change for the better for you know clients to their life after grief, so to speak. And without further ado, I appreciate you listening. Please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please also feel free to pass this on to any friends or family members. Cheers and be well and talk to you next week.
you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.